Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 319. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for coming. Today's episode is with the fantastic Brian of United by Blue. This sustainable brand is something that is just incredible for you guys to go check out. I always tell you guys to go check out the links that we always put in the bio. The other thing is that I encourage you guys to stay connected with us. I know that we have been a little bit off of our schedule, but I encourage you guys to stay tuned with us. And the best way to go do it is at the following. One is the website, which is findingarizonapodcast.com. The other is the newsletter, which you can go check out through the website. And if you want to go to our blog, that is one way to keep personal tabs on us and through our social media, all under Finding Arizona Podcast. Last but not least, if you want to go become a super fan, it is Finding Arizona Podcast at Patreon.com. Um, that is one of the things that I want to make sure that you guys always make uh, maintain those kind of points so that you guys are staying up to date with us because we have had uh, people wanting to check in with us and are asking about the episodes. I know we're a little behind, but I am chugging along. I promise you we had some free time and we are we are going. We are on back on the track. Uh, Brittany's on board. We're just we're moving along. And those of you who just stay tuned, we're having some fun, fun, fun people come in and more to come down the road because Brittany is now, as those of you who follow her on Instagram know, she is part of the No Tribe and not just part of it, but she is working one in one with Sarah, um, who is the founder of the no so go check out that episode but again you'll be starting to hear some collaboration things between us and them so that being said let's go into our episode this is episode 319 with the wonderful brian of united by blue i will catch you on the next episode bye y'all back everybody to the finding arizona podcast i am your host jose as always we bring in very special guests um today is no different ladies and gentlemen i would like to introduce the founder of united by blue which is a clothing and accessory brand but through sustainability am i saying that right i just don't want to i want to give you the option to tell me if i'm wrong (laughs) Yeah, I know you got it. We do a lot of different things, but I'd say that, that the cornerstone of what we do is sustainability is, is, is the cornerstone. And in order to deliver our mission of sustainability, we, we sell apparel, we sell accessories, yeah. we sell food and bev through our cafes. Um, we've done, we've, we've sold, we've sold a bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a little with the mission. Yeah. All with the mission of removing a pound of trash from our waterways, our world's oceans and waterways for every product that we sell. Yeah. And you guys are already based on the numbers on your website in the four millions uh, marker. And so kudos for that accomplishment, because that is a lot of trash. And for those of you who don't understand, I mean, we're talking truckloads of garbage and material, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing it for 12 years, uh, you know, well before people were concerned about really plastic pollution in the oceans. It was back in 2010, talking the days of the BP oil spill when people were really, I'd say it doesn't seem like that long ago, but a lot of trends and a lot of awareness have changed since then in terms of plastic pollution and trash. And even from a a for-profit business structure, there was nobody else really addressing things like that at the time, especially with 
like environmental activism as a part of the mission. There was like donation-based sort of giving aspects of brands at the time, you know, giving money away, giving product away, but actually internalizing it and trying to like organize environmental action was, um, that was an early stage time period of that. So I'm going to ask you this question that we typically ask of everyone who comes in through our show is just kind of like, what was the origin story of your business and kind of even I would love to understand kind of your understanding of the world and kind of like the environment as a as a general rule of protection and like where'd that come from? You know, I mean, in, in short, the backstory was like, like many brands and many entrepreneurs, it, it starts with childhood and experiences in childhood. And that is, I grew up predominantly in Southeast Asia and Singapore, and okay. I was very into the aquatic world. I had 30 fish tanks in my bedroom growing up. I was, I was yeah, I, I was a, I was a fish geek. I, I, I don't love the oceans and waterways because I was you know, a surfer, surfer guy on, on the beach or anything like that. It's actually because I was interested in what was inside the water and had yeah. all these fish tanks. I would breed these fish. I would, you know, I was curious in the genetics. Um, and the one thing that I knew though, in, in, in having all of these fish that I cared deeply about was the importance of clean water. And when I would travel around Asia and eventually the US, you know, it, it, it would always strike me just how dirty rivers and streams and creeks and oceans were knowing that these fish that I cared so much about in my room needed clean water. And I needed to be so careful of that clean water to think that in the natural, in the natural world, we were treating it so poorly that juxtaposition was sort of surprising to me. And so, you know, when I learned how to scuba dive and I would see, you know, the state of our world's oceans sort of in degradation, when I came to the States, it really, it was really clear to me that I, I loved business and I loved the design process of product and, and everything that goes into that. But I wanted to, I wanted to do something to address my first love, which is water. And, and that's where United by Blue, that's what United by Blue means. It means we're all united by the blue parts of the planet. Yeah. And um, we all have a responsibility to protect them. Uh, if we don't protect them, that, you know, our fragile world is, is, is really in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, just he, there's so many things that uh, pull from from this story. And it's just because I want to give you a little bit of my own background. I'm Native American on my mother's side. And I'm Hopi. Um, and we have a strong connection to the Grand Canyon. And, you know, our origin stories are a lot to do with water and a lot to do with um, water sacred to us in our tribe. and. <clears throat> So there's a d- deep relationship to that connection and, and protecting that. And you can see it through today's um, uh, there's certain things that go on culturally and certain activisms through our tribe that you can see that water being a very big uh, mm. meaning to us. And so um, I just, I want to say a lot of things to you because you're, you're coming from a place also from Singapore, like you said, in your early childhood too. And I was looking at your um, LinkedIn folder and just kind of, uh, I was like, wow, he went from uh, one temple and like went all the way back, you know, well, considering now I know your story, I thought you were actually going away from uh, your 
roots, like, which is felt like, I was like, Oh, he's going away from Philly to this other. So I was like, ah, interesting, but actually you're going back and forth. And so now to me, it's like, one thing I want to ask you is the culture in the East is very different with their connection to the water and how they clean it and how they, how they use it and things like that. And so for me, I've seen imagery of like, they use it. I think they, they, they consider it more sacred than what our Western culture would probably uh, distill it and probably utilize it in other forms and factors. Do you see that same thing or do you kind of see it overall as we're missing the marker all as a human race in general? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting, interesting point of observation. I, I think that so many different cultures obviously understand and respect the importance of water, but I, I do think that respect and action are oftentimes disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like anything in life. You can respect something, whether or not it's water or anything else, but how you treat it, yeah. you know, is, 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 is maybe not always aligned with that respect. And I, and I also think that maybe more, more significantly is that people, the issues of ocean and waterway pollution may not even actually be about respect or about the culture, but about, behavior that oftentimes is not correlated with the action of polluting. Got it. And so, you know, for instance, you and I could contribute to ocean pollution unbeknownst to, to our, ourselves just by way of our action mm-hmm. of supporting single-use plastics, the use of single-use plastics, you know, when, when we, when we buy something in a plastic bottle, when we get that plastic bag at checkout, you know, those actions are not out of disrespect for ocean or waterway, but they contribute to its pollution. And so even if you're not the one polluting it. And so I think that that, you know, that's the big issue in the world today. Mm is that the systems and the infrastructure and the way of consumerism is built on action that indirectly impacts, say, the waterways and the world as a whole. I mean, it's just like climate change, right? Our action, I drive a car that consumes gas. And like, you know, I have uh, clothing and even our business itself is built upon supply chains that have carbon emissions. Yes. So, you know, as much as I believe in climate change and am worried about it and want to prevent it, I'm still a contributor to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are the things that have to be reconciled when you think about the impact that humans are having on the, on the, on the planet. Um, it's, 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 it's sort of different than like respect. I respect the planet greatly, but my existence is detrimental to it yeah. at the time, at yeah. this time. Yeah. How we can advance that and how we can contribute to the change of human behavior, I think is more important for our generation and this time on the planet. This, this, this sort of next, you know, say 50 years is probably going to be the most fundamental time in, in yeah. sort of saving our planet because Absolutely. we have to change behavior, um, but we can't beat ourselves up too much for the impact that we're having in that transitional period. And, um, 
I think, I mean, this is just a, a very big question that we kind of got into just from the overall arc of, you know, origins and where you're coming from. And, you know, you're, you're basically your, you know, goals and mantra and what you guys believe in. And thank you again for divulging all of that. That's, it's very considerate of you. And also just, I mean, it shows kind of the businessman that you are. The next kind of thing that we kind of generally move into is the the pandemic and kind of the things that you did through that time and what affected your business. And just because it has played such a vital role in everything today and kind of where we're at as a culture and generation now um, and kind of would like to, I would like to, and our audience would like to understand um, what happened to you guys? How are you guys doing now? And kind of things that you had to go through that maybe we didn't understand or what went through, especially through a sustainability route. I can imagine it being a hardship on one level when things are going smoothly, but when every supply chain and everything like that gets affected, there's considerable headaches. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was really challenging at the initial period, just, you know, figuring out the, knowing what the impacts were having a ton of, you know, from a business standpoint, having a ton of order cancellations. Mm -hmm. I think that there, there's been phases of impact and there's been phases of sort of, um, you know, figuring out the, what, what's, what's actually going on. I, I'd say that the, the next sort of aha or the uh, the sort of like revelation was how how fast people's attention went away from single use plastics if you if you recall back in like 2018 2019 2019 especially there was a huge just awareness level and momentum towards single use plastics you know yeah. you, you saw i think they even called like a what was it webster one of those word of the years yeah was like single use. And yep. they said that that was the year, the, the word of the year. And so you went from this massive awareness and concern about ocean plastic pollution to everybody, you know, using disposable plastic gloves, you know, for the first couple of weeks, myself included, strap them on, go into the store, you know, wrap up everything possible. And so then, you know, and, and still today you, you still have and all the plexiglass and all the plastic that had to be created to, to keep us all safe. Yep. So you went from concern about plastics to probably the biggest, best thing that could have happened for the plastic industry after such a, such a time. A pandemic. And, yeah. Yeah. Pandemic, such a, such a, such a great, a great way to, to rebound into plastics um, mm -hmm. for the industry. So, you know, we went from, really even our business strategy and, 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 and sort of the, the, the products and things like we were selling a lot of straw kits and, and tools to help people you live a single use free life. So okay. bottles, utensil kits, meal kits, everything like to, to not yeah. use plastics, all of that bombed. I mean, 2020, 2021, you couldn't sell that stuff. And so, so messaging and everything like that definitely changed. And, and I, and then now more so than, than, than even like the plastics now it's supply chain chaos and, mm -hmm. you know, COVID was actually not as nearly as big of an impact from a, from a, like an initial COVID period yeah. as it seemed at the time that was more scary for the business mm -hmm. because you didn't know what the business was going to do. 
Yeah. But the lingering impacts of COVID now have really impacted businesses like ours that rely on our manufacturers, on, on boats and shipping services. Um, it's still a very uncertain time and it's still yeah. very challenging. But I think, you know, the consumer demand, luckily, for sustainability and for products and brands that are doing the right thing, mm-hmm. um, I think is has shown resolve and 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 people still care deeply about, you know, I, and maybe in a way the pandemic did help the younger generations even care more about the state of our planet because, you know, you realize just how fragile it is by seeing something so small mm-hmm. impacting us all so much. Yeah. And so here we are today with such a unique perspective from just kind of long-term view and where we are, where we stand today. I think one of the things that has been a silver lining is just kind of when this two-year smoke has settled, I've started to realize and seen some of the great community aspects and impact that have led to the long-standing, you know, um, those who made themselves look introspectively at their business and ask this question, which is, what do I bring? What do I, what services or values do I give to this community? And how can I influx that to another mm-hmm. level so that I don't lose my, you know, I don't close the doors and you can start to see from our perspective, from our little podcast of interviews of community impact of like, we had a lot of individuals who liked this one product told us, please go out this route and and help out at this way. And I think that's something that we've really encouraged or really enjoyed seeing is just kind of the the smoke settling and seeing who's still standing, so to speak. Um, But yeah, we, man, I I remember in the beginning, I was just like worried about just even having interviews come in and, and having to ask this question of like, is the pandemic affecting you? When in reality, it was affecting everyone. I was just worried about the people that were coming in through my doors. But uh, yeah, I just, again, we ask those questions now to lead to the result of where you are and kind of reason why you are here today is that you are opening up um, a shop in Scottsdale, quarters i believe that's if i'm remembering this right kirlin commons kirlin commons sorry yeah i was gonna say quarters no it's commons and then it's also but yes you guys are opening up can you give us a little bit of insight and kind of maybe your first store versus kind of what this is going to be yeah for sure um so we're, we're actually based out of philadelphia mm-hmm. and um uh, you know, our stores in Philadelphia, we, we do have cafes and, and, and they've been much more sort of focused on the roots of, of United by Blue, which historically we were much more of a, of an, of an, uh, we were much more of an outdoor brand mm-hmm. um, or, or rather much more of like a, uh, like a traditional looking outdoor brand when we started. Yeah. Over the last few years, we've really transitioned into more of a lifestyle, like a sustainability lifestyle oriented brand. So the style of, of what you're going to see in Scottsdale um, at Kirlin Commons is going to be a manifestation of the modern United by Blue, which is, um, you know, very, very bright, clean lines, mm-hmm. uh, very just when you walk into that store, you're going to immediately recognize sort of our sustainability uh, attributes and mission. You have yeah. like a, you know. Our, 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 our blue painted, you know, in, in waves along the wall, you have a very light colored floor. And then you have, you know, our spring collection, which is 
um, everything from our hemp uh, blend, uh, hemp and, and organic cotton blend button down shirts, uh, which are really popular, really, really beautiful, great for the spring, summer, especially probably good for, for Arizona weather. Um, no, no, I was just about to say that. I mean, I've had, so just to give you also a little back, I've uh, done screen printing in my past oh. for graduate school. And so when I started getting into different textures and stuff and, and manufacturers is when I started getting it started, they began coming out with the hemp blends and for the commercials. Yeah. And so I bought one and a couple of them and um, they were beautifully like they, I mean, they were so nice. They feel really great. And I think, uh, I mean, again, I can only imagine that was when I first started out and where they are today is imagining the thread and being beautifully made. And what you probably have is I'm excited to, to go out and check it out. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're fantastic. And, and they're, yeah, super durable, sustainable. Um, you know, we do board shorts, we do shorts, we do, I mean, men's and women's apparel and then, and then yeah. a, a vast array of accessories. So, um, the store, the store is, is it's, it's not huge, but it's going to have a, a really good representation of United by blue. Um, what we're most excited about with expanding our stores which is going to be a sort of a core focus of the brand over the next couple of years is to, is to grow our store account. It's really a part and parcel, a way to grow our mission as well, because the physical store presence not only sells more product, which contributes to our mission, but yeah. it also creates a, a nexus for us to organize and host cleanups from. So all the ability for us to recruit volunteers, to have like a home base in a specific sure. area so that we can, essentially use that as an extension of our mission and absolutely and and retail stores like in particular philadelphia is a great example because of of our, of our experience there you know we can snap our fingers organize an event and get hundreds of people out to clean up a to clean up a waterway because we have such a following because of our stores and mm -hmm. um so so the store network really really contributes to that volunteer network as much as it contributes to selling product Absolutely. Um, which is our, which is our vision, right? So we want to, we want to have a network of stores so that we can have a network of cleanups on an ongoing basis. I imagine that that's so much fun for yourself too. I mean, just being the kind of outdoor person yourself is going out and doing those particular cleanups in the areas. Um, I mean, where you, do you guys select, is there a particular like selection of areas that you guys go for? Or is it just based on, need for the cleanups events yeah it's 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 neat i mean we have a great sustainability team and a great sustainability leader that will you know regardless of of, of the location uh, they'll work with the the local municipalities local mm -hmm. nonprofits to identify areas of need okay um, really nice. figure out figure out within that vicinity of either either our store or any of our retail partners so we we sell to a lot of other stores too yeah and um so trying to find areas that are within you know a a, a pretty close proximity to these stores so that we can got uh, go out there and address issues and some of them you know some community cleanups might not be very very trashy but mm -hmm. they're still important for the mission and for the community aspect of the brand so even if we go out and pick up 50 pounds of trash which is that's a lot of trash but it's actually yeah. not a lot for a cleanup like our cleanups you know even community cleanups can pick up hundreds of pounds if not sometimes thousands of pounds unfortunately 
Philadelphia and some East Coast cities are quite dirty and, and they can they can yield a lot. But then we also do larger scale cleanups that aren't necessarily where we get hundreds of volunteers out, but we go out to illegal dump sites, the places that where people are dumping into the rivers and and and, and the waterways in yeah. oftentimes sort of off the beaten path, yeah, or or like really it, it, trash collects trash when you when you when somebody starts to like dump their construction debris in a in a creek bed you know behind the highway all mm-hmm. of a sudden before you know it two years passes and you have 30,000 pounds of trash that's leaching into a creek that's going into a river and having an impact on the environment so Absolutely, we're also yeah. looking for those those areas on an ongoing basis and that's how we actually you know use our use our mission to have a high impact as well Okay. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. I mean, it sounds like, again, I'm not here to like question any of that purpose or anything like that. I was just curious as far as like area selection and things like that. Um, oh yeah. What, uh, here's my other thing too, is I'm a technical kind of guy. Well, like I like to get in the weeds as far as like, you guys seem to be uh, broadcasting too, like the the pieces that are very important, which is sustainable, but it is the technical part, which are these threads that you guys are using eco-friendly, uh, what you're using, non uh, single plastics and things like that. There's a technicality to that and selection of that. Do you get, do you get amped with that? Like, you know, it's cool when you have like this shirt that is, or a product that is just like, man, it's made beautifully and it's going to, be long lasting. It's like, it's, it's everything that you're fighting for everything that your goals are leaning up against. Do you get like proud in those moments when it's a finished product? Oh yeah. I mean, probably, you know, it's, it's hard not to geek out on product, even though, you know, I'd say that early on in, in my, in my career, you know, by blue, I got to be a lot more involved in the product than, you know, unfortunately the bigger the business gets, the more I, I, I'm looking at spreadsheets instead of product, which yeah. is <laughs> yeah. not fun. But um, you know, I, I I love I love our product. I love geeking out on on ways to advance sustainability through our supply, yeah. uh, through our supply chain and distribution. You know, we're not we're not big, but we're big enough where we can move the needle and mm-hmm. you know start to you know by going into a material or looking into something, we can we can bring awareness to it and 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 ultimately be a part of that change because really at the end of the day, I see sustainability as a moving target. There, there's no, there's no, st- it's not a status quo. There's not, there's not a static form of sustainability. In fact, sustainability today should be looked down upon in 10 years. Like the, mm. the notion that, you know, what we deem as sustainable is actually not that sustainable yeah. is actually, you know, a reality. Like, you know, 10 years ago, I'd say that, people would be like geeking out about organic cotton or recycled polyester. Wow. Now it's like, I'd say that those are, those are almost um, a given for a brand, a modern brand. You know, if you're not looking at recycled materials and organic materials, those are entry points to sustainability, not the pinnacle of sustainability. Right. (laughs) So the mountain continues, the the mountain continues to grow and whatever was sustainable is farther and farther down the mountain the farther we go into the future. So how do you, how do you be that vanguard going up the mountain and making sure that you're pushing, 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 pushing for it to be better. And that's, that's what I like to think United by blue is and can continue to do. It's challenging, but it's, um, but it's important. 
I think you guys are doing wonderful. And as far as taking those steps and I'm encouraged by even just being on our podcast, I mean, we're not, I consider us a very small local, like that's what my intention was, is to be a, a local podcast is to look and, and just to kind of have that uh, effect on my level. And so to, to, to understand that, but to also, I know that there are brands or other people bigger, like outside of Arizona that look towards helping or wanting to be a part of the state by, you know, just wanting to be a part and looking at us as being a leader in that and, and being involved in that. It's just really insightful or really encouraging for us. Um, so thank you again for, again, just participating in the world of like business ethics is just in insane. And so uh, encouraging that you yourself is, are doing the right things and making the right choices uh, in your, in what you believe in. So um, my next kind of portion of our podcast is usually about kind of looking towards your personal side. And this is just mostly like routine and kind of habits that you like to keep with the business or with your daily routine to just make yourself level-headed or just balanced in a, in a world of business. You know, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's even been tougher. I'd say the last couple of years, especially have been, have been really tough. Um, also I have, I have two young kids and one, one coming, any wow congratulations any, any day now so i have i've three three wow. three little ones which uh you know are are a huge part of my life as well now um and yeah. uh i'd say that the you know the, the 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 benefit of the pandemic has also been that it has allowed me to obviously spend spend more time with family and not have so much time in the office and commuting and yeah um and you know the, i mean the, the from a, from a, from a personal sort of mindset and health and well-being standpoint, I, I love running, uh, in, in, in good weather and I am biking. So I have a, you know, road hybrid bike that I go out, a gravel bike and nice. love, love to go around. Um, the, po I spend a lot of time in the, in the mountains outside mountains is a relative term when you're in, when you're in Pennsylvania, but the mountains outside of Philadelphia. Poconos. Poconos, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I never, I haven't gotten a chance. Um, in my early years, like, like before I moved, my parents moved me out here uh, when we were young, but we lived in Allentown. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Yeah. So we got out to the Poconos every, every few, every few winters and, and to, we got, I actually myself went to the race, the Poconos, what's it? Seven, 900 uh, that, or the NASCAR race. Uh, oh yeah. Poconos yeah, yeah. Race. yeah. So. So my family, we have a place out in the Poconos that we spend. Uh, we actually lived out there for a year during the pandemic, worked remote from the Poconos and, um, you know, got to experience the Poconos winter, which was, which was actually quite, quite surprising. It was, it was, it was a, you know, we had a ton of snow, did a lot of cross country skiing in the, mm -hmm. in the woods and things like that. So, yeah. you know, getting to spend time in nature is, is hugely important to me. Um, it's tough in Philadelphia in a city, but it's definitely, you know, a super important part of my, my well being is, is, is spending alone time in nature for sure. Um, whether or not that's running, biking or skiing, um, that's, that's what I try to do. Yeah. It's a, 
it's different here. Uh, I have to say, I mean, I don't know if you've been out to Arizona yet or been spent some extended time. There are trails there are a lot like, but the outdoors is different than it would be there in Philly and towards Bethlehem and then that kind of region. Um, I've always felt like I remember it clearly the green and and kind of the greenery um, and and being out there as a, as a early uh, preteen. So to me running because i'm a i'm a runner myself in that environment versus this outdoor like landscape here which is barren and yeah. not very coverage uh from a right. kind of like higher like you you'll get some shade but it's like so i always feel different in this when i say this it's like it's a different kind of running it's a yeah. different kind of running because a yeah over there too it's like you have to other aspects of like fog mud uh you know different types of gravel like it's just there's different here than here and it's, yeah i've always been so it's nice to, to meet another runner who's probably experienced both areas so it's, it's, I, I know probably i'll ask this question what's your favorite oh, you know i i am a man, I, I'm a big sucker for the Western landscapes. Um, and I think that the, the, I, I, I find like landscapes in Arizona and anywhere in, in the Western United States, much more obviously extreme, like, like you have like the extremes there, yeah. but I, I don't think you have as much in the East coast. I think the East coast is, um, extreme in the sense that it is, um, well, not even extreme in the sense, but it, it is more of a, uh, dense, you know, I mean, na- nature here is very like in, in dense pockets. Whereas I think in the West it's, it's, it's almost like, because at least in, in barren areas, like, and not, not all of Arizona is the same, obviously you have yeah. like, right. You have like Flagstaff and, and like yeah. these, these, these like Alpine almost mountains with like mountainous areas. Yeah. Alpine. Forest, yep. ever, yeah. Alpine forests and things like that. Um, but then, but then like areas that are more desert and things like that. So, I mean, maybe that's, what's interesting about it is there's that extreme. Whereas like in, in the East coast, you know, I could be in the Poconos, I could be in the Catskills, I could be in the Shenandoah, uh, you know, I could be in the Adirondacks or the Berkshires. And like, generally speaking, they're all sort of like consistent, you know, you're, you're very, it's a very moist evergreen, not evergreen. It's a very, um, it's a very like wet, and dense forested and, and, and nothing, no extreme high peaks yeah. or mountains here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have like, you have this sort of like a homogenous sort of outdoor environment, but a very, yeah. very beautiful one. And I yeah. love it. Um, but like, you can't like, I, I, I often think in, in, in the West, you can be, you know, you can be in a short sleeve button down doing something that would be more of a summer activity in the morning and you can be skiing in the afternoon, right? Yep, yep. That there's that level of extremity in the West that you don't have in the East. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm just like, I think to myself too, I'm like, do you get, this is, this is more of like the inside run. Do you get like, some runners get hype, like you get that, the dense forest feel of like get a little worried like it's just a dense forest and people you know just get afraid of like those dense forests and the unknown kind of running and like uh, I, yeah 
I mean, it, it, it is so dense and like, you know, especially in the summer, I mean, even in the wintertime, I remember, you know, going out on my cross country skis into like 3000 acres, 4,000 4, acres of forest. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just being like, absolutely like clueless of where I was and <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and you know, there's, there's a little, a little bit of adrenaline in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely, there, there's less opportunity to like, just like probably like in maybe where you run, where you could probably just like look out and be like, Oh, there's, there's this, there's, there's, there's the town. I can see yeah, the town. Yeah. Here. There's the lights. Yeah. yeah, there's the lights. Uh, you're right. You don't have that in, in in the forests, generally speaking, of 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 Pennsylvania and, and things like that. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I, I food for thought. I, yeah, it is food for thought. The the thing for running, actually, I would say in Pennsylvania, that's really challenging, especially um, like uh, trail running in the forest. Is it's a very rocky. And I know it's, it's probably rocky maybe on the trails in, in, in your town too, but like, it's very, very, um, the, the shale it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's shale yeah. rock and there's just so much That's... rock Oof. and like, it's super, super hard some, sometimes, and you, you can roll ankles and, yep. um, I found yeah. it, it, especially in the fall time, because there's so many tree, obviously trees that like create a, a, a leaf coverage on the trails that like, I don't really like to run unless it's like, uh, like summer's okay. And yeah. like spring is okay. But fall is really, really challenging because you can, you can just bust an ankle. Mm-hmm. Like those leaf anything. coverage. Yeah. You can't see anything, right? Yep. Yeah. It's just leaves. And then you're, you can't, you really can't run on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're reaching the end here and I really do appreciate you, Brian, for like, again, I, you you spent some time with me here and we, we talked a lot, but again, the real aspect of what you're here today is just to, to really go again, to promote your brand and just really, um, help us understand where you guys are coming from. And thank you again for reaching out to us and letting us tell your story. Um, towards the end, we let you promote your business and all the social media handles and where they can find you. Maybe tell us when the uh, the store opens and all of the address and things like that. So go right ahead, take it away. Sure. So, I mean, United by Blue can always be found at unitedbyblue.com and all of our social handles are United by Blue. Um, and our store in Arizona in Scottsdale and Kierlin's Commons uh, currently is actually scheduled for April 22nd opening, mm-hmm. which is next week, Earth yep. Day. Uh, Dope. That's a good, that's a good, oh, it's <laughs> a good opening day. Yeah. Hopefully everything goes well in the next few days to, to get to that, to get to that date. Um, but definitely check it out. It's going to be great. We're going to have some, some specials there for people that go there and in and, and the first, first week or so. Dude, I'm going to go. No, seriously. I really, I've looked at a couple of your products and I've seen a couple of things that I'm like, let me see, let me, let me go check it out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, you'd look, I think you'd enjoy some of the stuff for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I'd say check it out. Unitedbyblue.com if you can't make it, um, or if you ever, if you're ever in one of our stores and, and, you know, we don't have your size. We'll, we'll always try to find it online, but, uh, but yeah, thanks right. for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. And then, um, before we go, I got to do my little bit at the end here, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at finding Arizona podcast.com. All of our social media handles is under finding Arizona podcast. Uh, so 
check us out and then if you want to become a super fan there's bonus content at patreon.com slash finding arizona podcast and that is the end with our podcast here with united by blue and with brian here we say kisses hugs and belly rubs to our four-legged friends here always we will catch you on the next episode good night y'all